0: Welcome everyone to the Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host John LaRocca and on today's episode I'm going to be covering Insane Championship Wrestling ICW's Square Go event. This happened on February 20th. Um, I've covered ICW in the past. They're a promotion in Glasgow, Scotland. They have a, a a lot of talent on their roster. A lot of really good talent on the roster and some talent that are so so look like weekend warriors to me um and i if that offends anyone if they are offended by that it's just the truth and in my opinion like icw is one of the promotions that's on the peacock network so if you want to if you listen to this review and you want to see this event, make sure you go to your the Peacock Network. It'll, it'll be on there. Look for uh, recently uploaded on in that field or in the ICW uh, or field or the best of the Indies, you know, field I guess or their folder where they have on the uh, the Peacock Network there. But like you're on Peacock, you're on the WWE Network you're in a position to be seen by the WWE and potentially earn a contract through the WWE, either for NXT UK or maybe NXT or, you know, or even maybe the main roster, you just never know. Right. So if you, so the the weekend words, I'm talking about the weekend word looking wrestler I'm talking about, if you just come out and you're just looking like, you know, blah with no tan, no muscle tone, you know, just look like any old dude on the indies. Like, why? why are you wasting this opportunity? But there is a lot of great talent on this show and in ICW, and that's who I really want to focus on here and talk about. And we are going to talk about this is a special event. It's one of their biggest events of the year. Um, the Square Go is a Royal Rumble match. And it's uh it's a Royal Rumble match, but the winner can also earns a title shot within 12 months so it's like royal rumble slash money in the bank gimmick just in one match another stipulation this match is really just pointless really is there'll be five weapons in this match so we'll talk about that when i cover square go that is the main event of today's show now let me talk about some stuff coming up um on the fight game media podcast plus again it's five dollars join our patreon support our what we're trying to do here at fight game we got a lot of great content for the people of the fight game if you want your pro wrestling content we got that on the patreon if you want boxing coverage we got that we got mma a lot of great stuff. We have some special like fun shows like uh, Ge- uh, Gary Gonzalez and Chris Di- 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 They They do a um, uh, they did a Cobra Kai podcast. Um, so there's a lot of fun that we have on the Patreon. And again, it's $5. A lot of great uh, content creators and a lot of really good shows. So please give us a shot and support. It definitely helps. Um, and I definitely help sport garrett and i garrett and i garrett and myself we do a raw 1998 recap show we follow with uh weekly we're leading up we're, we're close to uh we're coming up on the go home show to wrestlemania 14 the historic wrestlemania which featured a mini event between stone cold steve austin versus the heartbreak kid Shawn michaels for the wwf championship and of course Mike Tyson was the special guest, enforcer, referee. Now, let's get into the show. ICW Square Go happened on, like, again, February 20th, 2020. This year, I don't know, gosh. It's been a wild week. Let me just, before I jump into this show, um, you know, I like many people, I've been working remotely for a very long time. And here in California, California, things eased up with the mask and all that and so my work decided it's time to return back to the office which was a bummer for me because you know i have a little bit of a drive not a lot of not a big commute like a lot of a lot of people make these ridiculous commutes i don't have that now i'm not, not i'm not complaining about that my commute all i'm complaining about is the gas prices right now or like here in california nearly six dollars a gallon so it's just you know it it hurts the pocketbook going back to the office and and also you know going back to the office i am vaccinated so i don't have to wear a mask and and what happens within uh what is it on yeah thursday night i get a phone call from my hr department let me know that i've been potentially uh, been in contact with someone who just tested positive for covid-19 and i was just just shook my head and i could not believe this right i'm like this this is why we should have gone back to the office just yet if we we're, we're going to go back to the office i believe we should do a hybrid schedule um and i just shook my head i just saw a really good friend from mine for dinner so i had to call him up and let him know and you know I just get concerned because I'm really worried because I have a family I have three young young kids you know and you know I want to protect them and I don't want to bring anything back to them this has already happened to us a couple years ago when at the height of the uh, pandemic and it was you know a rough go luckily I didn't have severe uh severe issues my 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 issues only lasted like you know like two days the most, and my kids had, like, a fever for a day, and then they were fine, and, and my wife, she, you know, we know she got it because she, she lost her smell, and, um, you know, so we all had it. It just sucked, and it ruined a lot of stuff that we had planned um, coming up. You know, I had to literally wish my daughter, happy, my youngest, on her first birthday, sing her happy birthday with FaceTime. Cause I was in the room, ru- the bedroom, quarantining, right? So, you know, I just we had a lot of stuff coming up again, like we always do, like everyone does, and I just didn't want it to happen again. Luck, I, luckily for me, I tested myself. I waited 24 hours. I came up negative. I did at a stay- home test. I'm gonna test again on Tuesday before I have to go back in the office. I got a quarantine for five days. So, you know, there's a weekend coming up. So, you know, so, so so monday and tuesday i will be working remotely again which hey i prefer that anyways so it so it's been a week man just a week of and i'm just like spent <laughs> so if i get a little frazzled here and there that's that man this might that might be part of it but I feel great. I'm so happy to see the negative test. I felt great all day before I even took it. So I think I'm good to go, but I'm going to continue to monitor myself and continue to show up with distance from from anyone else and be responsible. So, okay. Let's talk about some wrestling. Let's talk about ICW Square Go. Uh, the first match was for the ICW Tag Team Championship. It was the Kings of the North defending... Their titles against the former champions, the 9-9, and this was casket match rules. Now, it's kind of weird that these teams had a casket match. The reason why it's a casket match because the Kings of the North, which is Bonesaw, what a, what a name, and Darren Corvin uh, had a funeral for the 9-9 on ICW's Fight Club show. So that's the reason... Why they're doing a casket match. Um, I would just book this a street fight. But it's a little different. Whatever. I don't think a casket really fits in these two yeah, tag teams gimmicks. But I'm not really a street fight fan either. Or a casket match fan either. But I will say I thought this was a, a good match. It only went 9 minutes and 47 seconds. That's a great time for a match like this. You go any longer. It starts running long. And... and it's just a lot of nonsense to so keep it short. A good 10 minutes, 8 to 10. They do some fighting, and you do the finish, and you're good. You know, you don't overstay your welcome. That's what they did. So I really appreciate that. And I like that about this. So that, that was well booked. Um, both teams brawl before the bell around the ring, um, which I like. When there's a grudge match, and there's a match with, like, you know, basically a casket match, no rules match um you know i hate when it just starts with like a lockup like these people or two individuals or tag teams or tag teams hate each other have an issue like you want to throw fists right locking up is just i don't know i just sometimes i I just like when they start fighting right and i appreciate that they did that here and they they fought around the ring and 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 the, the brawling looked good um, Jack Morris, he's on the team of Nine Nine with Dicky Divers. Um, he is, uh, you know, just this the ideal wrestler. When you look at it, look his look. He's tall, great build, handsome guy. Um, he's young, but I really, I really like this kid. I really think he's going to be a future star. Um, and with you know the brawling aspect of this match. I really want to see how he handled himself because, you know, it's very important for babyfaces to do everything. Like, they got to, you know, when you're going to be a main event guy, you got to be on the brawl. You got to be have a good, you know, a regular, quote-unquote, scientific match. And so, this was a test for him, in my opinion. And he did great. He looked really good in his brawl. He was physical. He was intense he was taking good bumps he was is keeping the the action was kept moving and never really slowed down but the match at 1.4 small time did fall into a bit of a lull because what happened was the match turned from fighting and 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 you know trying to weaken each other to get to get their get themselves and the their opponents in the casket they started setting up plunder like chairs and all that and big bump through a chair by, I believe that was Dickie Divers that took that bump. And then that soon led to the finish where the Kings of the North ended up winning the match and retaining the title. Like I said, good match, great time. Uh, you know, it being under 10 minutes, the match kept overall moving other than a small moment in the match. So this this really impressed me. I, I, was, I was really, really impressed by uh, everyone's performance in this match. Match number 2 was ICW 0G championship match. I, I, I believe 0G just means a cruiserweight uh match uh for everyone ever since I, I, what, Impact Wrestling or TNA the X Division everyone had to have their like version of the secondary title some some name so 0G is for I guess the smaller wrestlers, the high flying wrestlers. Um, this match went 14 minutes, 11 seconds. It was Daz Black, the champion, defending against Dylan Thorne. Dylan Thorne is a member of a heel stable called the Manifesto. They're going to be heavily involved in this uh, this match and also in the the Square go match as well. Um, Daz Black, I talked about him before. I really like this kid. Young kid, great look. He looks like a young... Uh, uh, Jay Youngblood slash Ricky Steamboat, um, he's just a, a talented talented athlete. Um, but I would just love for him. You know, he's young, so his he's influenced by, uh, you know, the Kenny Omega style and you know stuff from. New Japan, and then, you know, just the more high-flying, maybe the Lucha, the Lucha Libre style, like, just a lot of the high-flying, high-impact stuff. But I really want this kid to kind of go back, study some really great babes. they study Rick Steamboat, study Tito Santana, and learn to work and build to your big moments, your big, you know, athletic moves that you can do. Like, learn to... To build a match around your selling and getting that sympathy. Cause I, I believe you he would, because he's such a good looking kid and you wanna you wanna root for this guy. Like and and if he was if he's working with someone and you know getting the heat on him and selling and making that those comebacks, like he would his matches would be so much better. Right now they're just kind of indie. And this was uh you know, this was looked like an indie match. Not for, you know, just because it was basically constant moves and and Dylan Thorne is, his heat was really bad. He could do stuff athletically but like, when he's get, giving heat to Daz Black, it just looked, just looked really really indie and so that was a big negative. And then Tillon Thorn goes for a a dive out the like a, the liger the liger dive or you you jump and hold on the top rope and flip over and hit the guy with your back and um, he flipped over but didn't let go for a long time and came crashing down on his tailbone lower back and tailbone it looked fucking nasty yeah, I'm sure it hurt like a bitch I mean. I thought he broke a hip. Or broke his tailbone. Um, referee went to go check on him. Daz Black. You can see he's down. But he's communicating with him. And just to see if Dylan Thorne can even continue this match. I don't know what happened. Other than he held on too long. I don't know what happened when he. Why he held on too long. Um, maybe he just didn't even know. Like he did. Just, his body just automatically just held on. Maybe I don't know. Like. He just went straight down, and I thought, okay, this match is gonna end, right? He's not gonna be able to get up. And he took a while. He took a while to to gather himself, and he, he was able to recover and continue the match. Now, recover, I just put that in, you know, air quotes here because, you know, that that had to be a son of a bitch, and it had to hurt the next day for sure. So I hope he's okay. Um, but he ended up, you know, making a. Getting back in it and continuing on the match, at um, the halfway through this match, the Manifesto Leader, ADM, comes out and he stands on the ramp on the top of the ramp ramp, right? So he's just watching this match with his you know his underling Dylan Thorne versus Daz Black. So Daz Black he starts making his comeback. He's 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 working towards hitting his hitting his finish. And he's about to deliver it. And ADM starts just takes a few steps down the rampway. This distracts Daz Black, who ends up uh who ends up getting uh, taken advantage of this this distraction was able to, for Dylan Thorne to take advantage and and finally hit his finisher, which I believe was a shooting star plus if I remember, which was you know pretty nutty after, <laughs> after that bump he took and And so, he won the title. And I'm like, man, poor, poor Daz Black just really came off looking like a geek. That's just not the finish to do here. Um, You don't, you didn't, it wasn't any heat for this. It's just, ultimately, he, he looked like a geek. And Daz Black should not be looking like a geek. He's one of your top. Young baby faces that you, uh, a, a guy you should be building around, right? A guy that should be one of the the, the guys you should build around, and and I just you know if you're going to take the belt off them, like you got to do something bigger than this. You got to do something that's really going to get some heat. Like, and I was thinking, well, what do I do, you know, John? As a former Booker, I was thinking like they could have just, you know, during the casket match, they wheel out the casket. It was up against ringside, underneath the casket. Is one of the members of Manifesto who goes under the ring. So he's under the ring for the opening match was the and he's under the ring for this match, obviously. ADM comes out like 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 he did at at the uh, top of the rampway. As a finish starts, as Daz back to his finish, ADM doesn't just take a few steps and stop. He goes to the ring, jumps on, jumps on the apron. The referee starts yelling at uh, Adam to get down. His back is turned. At this point, the member that's of Manifesto is hiding on the ring. He pops up. Him and Dylan Thorne hit a double-team move that's put Daz Black in position for then Dylan Thorne to hit a shooting star press. One, two, three. I actually prefer him not. To hit a shooting star press and get the one two three I think after the double team you just quickly get the you quickly get the pin right after one two three because like that that just get you more heat if they cheat to win like that but if you go and still do the shooting star press which is you know it's an amazing move a great athletic move so it's just gonna get a pop for being a great athletic move so you don't want to pop there you want heat there that the heels cheated the bay face at the title so, this match was, you know, uh, a little disappointing, and I thought they could have done way better to protect young uh, Daz Black here, and and like I said, it kind of just came off as a geek at the end, and and I would never do that to Daz Black. Match number three, ICW Women's Championship match, a triple threat match. Um, this match went 9 minutes, 44 seconds. Oh, the Daz Black-Dillin Dorm match, that went 14 minutes um, and I think, 17 seconds or something like that. Um, but this match here, like I said, ICW Women's Championship match. Triple threat. Um, went 9 minutes, 44 seconds. It was Angel Hayes, the champion, versus Molly Spartan and Lizzie Evo. Now, I'm not a big fan of three-way matches, four-way matches, multi-man matches. You know, it's just, just... They're all the same, right? They're just all the same. They go forever. And... I'm just not into it, and a lot of times, like they just don't deliver anymore for me. Some maybe do, but this one did, right? Um, and I, I, I was expecting in this match, like Lizzie, Lizzie Evo, she's really good. I mean, I believe she's, I believe she's signed with NXT, NXT UK now. Um, so I. I think uh, if she's a talent, I'm. I'm so happy if that's the case. I'm so happy that you know she's going there because she's a she's a talent. A top a, could be and she just she's just really good. She gave Angel Hayes her best match in ICW. She gave Molly Spartan one of her best matches in ICW that I've seen when I, since I started watching ICW towards the end of 2021, and so. I'm glad that she was in this match, and I had to figure, okay, great. She could be the glue to this match. Molly Spartan and Lizzie Evo uh, – sorry, and uh, Angel Hayes are both still young, uh, still have some weaknesses, but I like them as well. So I'm not knocking on – I'm just you know just pointing out the facts here. And Angel Hayes, she's a champion. She's a small, Bay Face champion. Um, she, her, just like uh, Daz Black, should really focus on selling, getting sympathy, t- 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 and making a, a, a big comeback, right? That just, just that should be our focus because matches I've seen her have in the, with other people, not Lizzie Evo because Lizzie Evo structured her match really well. I, I, mean, I believe she called it. She's the heel. She, she was calling it. Um, it looked like she was calling it in the ring. Um, Angel Hayes, I've seen her wrestle other women, and she just wants to do a bunch of stuff. And like, no, you're small. You're the baby face. You're a small baby face. You know? get sympathy, sell, 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 make that comeback. Like Ricky Morton, Ricky Morton knew he's a smaller guy. He can sell his ass off, he can, and his comebacks will mean will mean something and mean more and get that big reaction if he does continue to sell. So and then make that big comeback. So Angel Hate should really take that and and go with that more. Don't worry about doing a bunch of moves. Like forget the moves, work on selling, get that down. Now, I love Molly Spartan I love her she comes out and she is just bad to the bone Her love her snarl that she has she has that walk she's such a badass and she exudes being a badass you believe that she's a badass and she comes just for her whole for the minute she walks the curtain I love her you know she's still young still still learning but damn she's gonna be really good she's gonna be really good when she puts it all together she can talk um and once she puts up put it all together right gets her focus on her strengths and and really starts being a leader out there in the ring i think she's gonna be just a fun Montana. And I would love for WWE to sign her. I would love for AEW to sign her. She should be in a major company. Um, actually, I think she should. I don't know if she's even been there or even trained there. But she should do, a, a, I guess, an excursion, let's, let's say, to Germany, to WXW, and train over there for – just let her be there for 12 weeks. Let her train with Coach Robert Dreiska. And I think he could really dial in and, bring, and focus on her strengths because Robert Dreiska is a big guy, right? And like Molly Spartan, you know, he moves well for his big frame. And Molly Spartan, she moves well for her frame, big frame, right? And Dreiska, he just um, he just knows the psychology of pro wrestling, of calling a match laying the match together and especially being a big man he just it just he understands how to how to work that way and i just would love for her to learn that from robert Dreiskin. maybe she had maybe she's already done training with it but do some more because it'd just be beneficial for her and just she'll just come back a better wrestler a better worker so this match like i was you know looking forward to because like i said i really like molly sparta i really like lizzie evo and i do like angel hayes as well uh you know i thought it'd be every old three-way and in many ways it was but the work this was really well done um there was one like problem with the transition when it early on when it just came down to early on to just you know angel hayes and lizzie evo in the ring together there's like a weird transition but beyond that there was there was you know a good flow to this match, and it wasn't long, nine forty-four. So it didn't also didn't overstate its welcome. If this been a match, it would have went fourteen minutes, fifteen minutes. It would just it it would have start falling apart. And that's my issue. I always have when I talk about the Fight Game podcast on the Wrestling Observer site with Gary Gonzalez. When I talk about AEW women's matches, and everyone thinks who listens think, oh, John's just so hard on AEW's women's matches. They're not they're not bad. And I'm like, well, they are. They're really bad matches. They're they they should not be on television. You shouldn't just have a women's division. To have a women's division, right? There's you know one woman there that can I feel competent that can have a really good match. And that's and that's a uh, Serena Deeb. But everyone else needs needs a leader with them. And you can't unless you make Serena Deeb the champion. And I would, um, you know, a lot of these matches are with women that just just. Aren't leaders in there, so they're just running into each other, and it's going long, and they get booked in these long matches that go past ten minutes, go past twelve minutes, sometimes even longer, and it always happens when the match just falls apart. It just, it just always happens because they can't carry that load, they can't make it work, right? But if you and I always say like, they just should just shorten these matches up six. Eight minutes, to ones you kind of feel that like can handle that. Um, and just do shorter matches. Make it shorter. The Play their strengths. And don't give them too much time where it's going to start falling apart. And, you know, I was talking to Meltzer about this. I've talked to Garrett Gonzalez about this. And we had discussion about this. And it's like, well, you know, they can't. They're like, well, they can't give them six minutes or less because – what will happen? I'm like, what well, what will happen? Oh, the, the internet will be upset. Why are women getting enough enough time? It's not it's you know, they're not getting equal time. Well, the internet doesn't know how to book wrestling, right? The internet doesn't understand working with wrestling and working with their strengths. So it's the booker's job, it's Tony Khan's job to Put the the necessary minutes that these women can handle. If you're gonna, if they're, gonna, you know, you don't want to go out, give them 15 minutes and they can't handle it. It's gonna be a bad match, right? Britt Baker can't go, fucking, eight minutes, right? Like, you keep it six to seven, you know, keep them short, like. But I would rather have her have a, a good six to eight minute match, than than going like you know 15 and just having to fall apart. So. Anyways, not to talk about AEW right now, but I really wanted to just give credit to these ladies. They really put on a hell of a match. This, like I said, really surprised me. Um, yeah, I thought like that'd be fun, and and I, as I like all three women, but I just didn't, I didn't know it'd be this good, and it was really good. So shout out to all these, all these three women's performance. They all they all came through and put on a hell of a match. The next matchup was uh, match number four. That was ICW championship match. It went 17 minutes and 45 seconds. It was a champion, Kez Evans versus Mark Haskins, who was accompanied to the ring by his wife, Vicky Haskins, who, when I was a kid, and, you know, when I realized girls didn't have cooties, right? Like, it was when I saw the White Snake uh, Here I Come Again music video with Tani Katane. And Vicky Haskins just reminds me of Tonic Contain. Like she's a she's a she is a, a video vixen. This this if there was videos, I know there's videos, but if it was the videos were as a big deal as they were back in the day, she would be the perfect video vixen to me. Like she's she's a, a it's a great looking woman. And this is the first time I see Mark Haskins' work. I've I've you know seen him in results. I know he signed with Ring of Honor at the time. Um, did some stuff. I think PwG brought him in, and you know, his work was good. His uh is his his offense has a move to it? He's a smaller wrestler, but you know it was good. He's good. He cuts a good promo too. They there was there's a bunch of promos um, during the show between the matches, uh, post match promos as well. Uh, and he cut this really fiery promo about taking the title and everything so from Kev Evans. Um, Kev Evans is, is uh is. A really good worker but I think he should update his presentation uh, he's a good worker like I said good talker one of the best workers in ICW roster and also deserving to be champion of this promotion but he just simply comes out to his black and orange singlet with Kez on it I believe it, it, it is and and I just think like a jacket a really cool looking jacket a robe would just give him the more of that more of that main event presentation that's just my opinion on it um this match was going really good it was it was building to a really good match and then all of a sudden i don't know what the hell happened <laughs> with this one the bayface mark haskins with the help of his wife vicky starts just pulls out a table out from underneath the ring and <laughs> And this ends up working in Haskins' disadvantage and as he ends up putting, being put through the table. So, as this, all of a sudden, like Haskins' face now is just looks like a goof. We're bringing out this table, and he doesn't even get to use it to his advantage, right? So that was just, I don't know who, who thought of that. That was just stupid. And it ends up meaning, of course, it happens during the match, so a table spot means nothing. I know, tables are done all the time, but fuck. Do we all have to make him mean nothing? Do we all have to... It just fucking drives me insane, right? Kez then gets... It just gets worse from here. Kez then gets control and takes Haskins to the top of the rampway. Kez locks on his his finishing submission hold. The Cobra clutch. And he puts Haskins out and drops him. And I'm like, okay, get him in the ring and pin this guy, right? Or no. None of that. Kez goes to the announcing table and grabs a pencil, and he makes his way to the ring. And Haskins is still out, not moving. Evans tells the referee, "Start making that count." The ref starts putting the count on. Ev- a- Haskins is still out, laying there. Haskins to start moving to about a five or six count, but he's been laying there for a lot longer than that, and. <laughs> so it just didn't make no fucking sense like if you're going why if you if you're going to take this guy why don't you take him to the ring lock on your fucking submission and get the win right so just made this the psychology was all fucking stupid and just uh, just frustrated me because like i said the, the first opening minutes of the match was was going really good and then they bring this table and then this happens I'm like, what the fuck just to get this pencil this pencil which ultimately ends up not meaning nothing anyways <laughs> they used it but it ultimately did, it, it didn't lead to the finish it didn't you know like so what the fuck like why do it? just who, who laid this match out? <laughs> God um <laughs> so Kez Evans has this pencil. He starts jabbing uh, Mark Haskins' bottom of his foot. I didn't realize that he didn't have boots on. I saw the kick pads, and and I didn't realize that he didn't have boots underneath those kick pads. And he starts jabbing the, the foot and stabbing it, and I'm like, oh, that just made me cringe, right? And it was. The crowd even went, oh, they they just – that was gross. Um. Haskins, you know, the re- Haskins ends up getting the pencil and he starts to jab or stab the hand of Kez Evans. And both men start, you know, they, they register for a while, but it's forgotten. <laughs> it's just like it's forgotten after that. Um, there's a ref bump and Haskins gets the visual submission with the sharpshooter. But the ref is down. So, Haskins releases a hold. He goes to start revive the referee. Kez Evans starts reaching into his boot or his, he had like his high socks or whatever they were. And he grabs out brass knuckles. Vicky Haskins, she comes in the ring. She tries to stop him, but Kez shoves her down. Vicky ends up giving Mark Haskins the pencil. And he starts stabbing Kez's head. The referee tries to stop Haskins from doing this. But Haskins shoves on the referee. Kez gets the brass knuckles again, and he knocks out Haskins, and then he blocks on his Cobra Clutch submission hold, and the referee checks on Haskins. He's not responsive, and, and Kez Evans was the match. Again, I think if you're going to use the brass knucks, hit the brass knucks, go for the pin. No need to put the guy in the submission hold. I know it's like, oh, I want to show the referee that you know, I didn't, you know, this will convince the I didn't use a legal object or something. It fucked. Hit him with it. Get the heat. Get the fuck out of there. Right? Uh, what? This match, I just went off the rails. I don't know who puts this match together, but don't let them ever put a match together again. Um, if the booker approved this, fuck. Might want to consider taking get another booker. Like, if I heard this, I'd be like, well, wait, I would point out all the holes. Well, that, why does it make sense? You know? Because that's your job as a booker, right? Well, you should book the finishes. You should book even the the, the stories of match that you want to tell. But I get it. Like, you want to you give the creativity to the wrestlers as well. Like, you're just give and take. Like, you don't want to lay it out for them bell to bell because – you know, it's, it's no fun for them. Like, let them be creative, right? Let them figure some stuff out. But as long as they get your what your goal is, right? Um, and so I would do that a lot, unless it's like with some green kids, and then I would definitely kind of put their match together or or uh get it. Uh, what am my, I? Uh, my veteran wrestlers would help them put the match together they would come to me i would listen to what they got planned and i would you know you know take some stuff out that i didn't like now this if they, they would come back to me with this i'm like hey, listen guys what the hell you know evans looks like looks stupid for not trying to go for the pin when he had the upper hand when he had the guy out cold with his finish he went to go get a pencil for god's sakes um it's just ridiculous. The table, that meant nothing. The pencil, that meant nothing. Right? Like, you could have you could have had a ref bump. Kez Evans could have gone out to go get the title to use to knock out Mark Haskins. He grabs a title, but Vicky Haskins is there. She grabs the title. A, there's a, tug, a little bit of a tug of war, but, of course, Kez Evans is stronger, so he just... <coughs> throws, you know, pulls the belt and, and Vicky Haskins goes goes flying and she takes a bump. Mark Haskins sees this. He gets goes down the ringside. He starts fighting. Kez Evans, they start fighting. They start fighting. They they still they just kind of fall into the, into the ring announcer there. And as you know the referees you know starting to come to he sees what's going on. He goes down there. He starts getting between him. He starts pulling. He starts pulling uh, uh, Mark Haskins off Kez Evans, who uh, you know, he's just he's pounding on Kez Evans. So the referee gets between him, he you know, waist locks Mark Haskins and pulls him away. So the referee's head's down. Kes Evans could take a pen or a pencil from the ring announcers that he's laying on, takes that. He, Jabs that son of a bitch in Mark Haskins' eye. Haskin grabs the eye. He gets rolled in the ring by Kevin quickly. Kevin gives a tight fucking pin. One, two, three. The referee doesn't see, you know, and that's it. And then Kevin gets the fuck out of there. If you want to use that, that would make the pencil mean something. So the table meant nothing. The pencil meant nothing. Fuck. At the end of the day, like no one, this got no one over. It was it was a big, complete mess, in my opinion, and that's disappointing because these guys are good workers. Really disappointed. Next up was the main event, and I looked at the clock. I'm like, damn, that's a long time. So this is gonna go an hour. This thing went at an hour and thirteen minutes and seven sec- seven seconds. So very long time, and that's cool, I mean, I like, r- one of my favorite matches, giving matches, has always been the Royal Rumble, you know, I just thought it was the coolest thing when I first saw it in 1989, I didn't see the original in '88, but I saw that my first one was 1989, and I just thought, wow, this is amazing, because I always thought wrestlers were superheroes as it is, and now it's like this wild game they got to play, you know, like, and so ever since then, I always love the Rumble, so every year, I just look forward to it, and I think a lot, a lot of people believe that as well, right? Um. And, and and so I I I looked forward to this rumble because uh, I like them. I like them. I love booking them. They're fun to book. Um, I think they're easy to book personally. And I I never I told this. I think I've told a story before. Probably on, not on this show, but on the Fight Game uh, Media podcast, I told a story. I was working for a promotion called Pro Championship Wrestling. They're at Oroville, California. It's up north. It's a small town. Um. Pro Championship Wrestling had this great building, the, the Murphy Center, um, and they are drawing, like, 500 people. Like, at the time, and and what, this was 2007? Like, that's a big crowd, right? Like, where a lot of indies were doing, like, what, 100, you know, 125. Um, you know, it wasn't a hot period for indie wrestling at the time. And I was, at the time, working as a pro wrestling manager. And so, we were... Uh, I was from all pro wrestling and so all pro wrestling worked with pro championship wrestling guys from pro championship, Wrestling, the good ones came to APW and you know, APW wrestlers went up to uh pro championship wrestling. So, and I always looked forward to going to Oroville, you know, Oroville is not much, not is a, there's a beautiful section of Oroville like, but there's also a lot of like bad meth head looking <laughs> sections. Right. But but this crowd, well, I loved about it because the crowd was like an old school wrestling crowd. They just loved to cheer the bay face and boo the heel. Um, you didn't you didn't need to do much to get a pop. They'll just pop from hearing the, the the bam of the of the of the mat. So a, a nice, beautiful, hard body slam would get a great reaction. So the Booker, the promoter was uh, Zach Reed, who also was the uh, main event wrestler, Mister known no, as Mister Primetime. His Booker was James Hate, who I really like. James Hate's a good, good guy. Good, good guy, and I always enjoyed seeing him and talking to him when we go to the shows. And um, so you know, I and my the guys I would go up with my my the guys that, my my crew I guess you know my crew guys I worked with you know we used to call each other the, the Sounds A crew because all of us came from sound the Sounds Jose area. So uh, it was uh, myself uh Tito Aquino, uh Derek Sanders, and and um, JJ Prez and referee Tom Caster, who's now currently refereeing for NXT. And I get to the building, you know, put my bags down, shake hands, wait for direction, and we're moving about the ring, you know, we're still early. And Chase Haykins goes, hey, hey LaRocca, come here. I walk over. He has this paper out. So I feel it's like, you know, it's a book. She wants to go over what he wants today. I know we're doing the Rumble. We're in that. and That's why I think that's all where he did that that show. And I get there. Hey, what's up, man? And he's like, hey, man, can you help me book this Rumble? And <laughs> at the time, I, I I wasn't booking at all. I, was, I just started as a as a pressing manager and and I love James. So, but I was inside livid because though I got thrown into being a pressing manager, um, it wasn't what I really wanted to do. It just opportunity came about and I did it and I was, you know, pretty good at it. I, th- I thought, and you know, and I had a lot of fun doing it. A lot of fun entertaining the crowd, work with the, working with the guys that are great guys that I managed and great guys that we worked with. It's just, just a lot of fun. Love round with the crowd. And, but my, my, my passions always was the creative side of wrestling. So I one day wanted a book. I never thought I would. Cause you know, those are hard jobs to come by. And, and even, and even today, like it's even like, like, does anyone hire fucking bookers anymore? Like it's like the promoter and they book everything, right? Look at Tony Khan, right? He's, he's he's a he's he'll you he's a booker he's the booker he's the booker and so i'm sure he bats stuff around other people or you know i know like cm punk stuff is booked by him because you can tell it makes sense and it's logical um but like, like no one no one hires bookers the the it's he's a promoter it's yeah so i'm not booking anymore like i said i stopped booking apw in 2019 and like, I, you know, once I had my third baby, I was like, I need to take a break. I, I, you know, it's hard to, you know, I don't want to leave. My, my wife's going to be so busy. We have three little ones, and I don't want to be that, just running around and, you know, make a little money at booking, and, and it, was, it was cool. Cool pay, but, like, nothing I can, like, I have to do it, right? Like, like, like so so I took a break from that. And I, I do miss it. And You know, if the opportunity does come around, and, you know, I would, I would love to do it again. But right now, I'm just having a great time. Talking wrestling on the podcast, take it home podcast, and the fight game media podcast. Um, so anyways, so but but the booker in me at the time was livid because I would think about stuff all the time. Angles, storylines, match finishes, cutoffs for matches. fucking everything when it comes to creative, right? In ring and outside. It was my passion. And here I am, and I, like I said, I love James, great guy. But fuck, man, like this should be done like a week ago at the least. At the man, I would have myself booked out like two weeks advance for the show start. Like I had everything ready, and if shit came up, shit came up, and I and I would have to change. But like, cause I thought about it daily. I would always think about it till the day of the show. Just kind of keep pl- replaying the matches, replaying what I want to have done in the head. I would, I would put music on and you know walk around my room for hours going through the show from the beginning to the end and make sure i get that right the right feelings i want to be accomplished at the end and and like it was just a passion of mine and and here we are their big show their i think called last man standing that was their rumble royal rumble show they had a last they it was funny they did four events and then you it it's you know what they you know, what, you know what it was it was like <laughs> it was last night it was a rumble then their their April show was their WrestleMania show yeah it's they had like a November show I think they had like an elimination match was always it's like okay I know Zachary was just a big mark for WWF yeah that was his influence growing up right um <laughs> so. So I literally had a book this match. This 30 man rumble match. And I did it. I told James to write down the order of entry, who's eliminating who, who's a final 4, who's you know, the winner was already planned. So, you know, he knew that. <laughs> Thank you. But I I, you know, I picked, you know, I picked the final 4. I I just, you know, picked the flow of the match and laid it all out. And and I you know I took care of my boys. <laughs> I mean why why not right? If I'm gonna be booking it, like I'm gonna be taking care of my boys. Like, um, and I go to my my guys and I and I'm like, tell them what happened and i know and, and I was pissed right. Like I was just like Dude, I can't believe this. It's like they don't they just wasn't even ready prepared. No one was prepared. No one. I was just mad. And I told uh, Derek Sanders. I'm like, uh. You're gonna be the Iron Man. And basically, you're gonna start early and you're last towards the end. And he's like, "That's cool, man. I I want to fucking work. We drove all this way. I, I want to I want to be in there. So cool. So it was great. Like it had been a, a good match. I don't know. how I mean, I don't know. Was it really good? What I didn't even go back and rewatch it. But the crowd was hot. Like I said, that crowd loves wrestling. They had a good time, and they were making a lot of noise. And they popped for the finish and everything. So I think I accomplished. Put on a good Rumble match. So, ever since then, like I just fully confident in role matches the book. I think they're pretty simple. What you gotta do is you have your thirty guys. You obviously have your winner, right? You start there, <laughs> and then you have your final four. You figure who that's out, and you kind of look at your stories that you have with the with the uh, with the opponents with all, all the competitors in the match, right? So you kind of like find time to focus on this story here, a little something to this story here. Find moments to you get some you know some beats right, and you kind of just like okay this is gonna happen here, and you have like who's gonna open, who's gonna be the first two, um, and what I would always do is I would take a veteran wrestler, and I would kind of make them the in match leader, right? They're gonna they're someone who could remember who has a good memory of stuff, who can kind of dictate direction in there. And I would always have a guy that would do that for me, like, uh, and um, someone I trusted to do that. And it's you know to tell guys, hey, it's time for you to go out. Kind of give direction, right? Because at the time, ABW didn't have uh, earpieces to referee, so I had to have a, one of the guys in the ring, kind of, you know, call out my call out the demands, of who's being eliminated next, and whatnot, whatnot. Um, this match here overall, it was fun. Like I like rumble matches, but <laughs> I didn't understand. This must be something that they started off way back, and that's why they still do it. But the five weapons allowed in this rumble, what? I okay. Ultimately, these five weapons meant nothing. They didn't win the match for anyone. They didn't turn a tide for anyone. They would give someone an upper hand they brought something in, right? Like that was, but but like other than that, like that's all it was. It was just, and the, the five weapons was a kendo stick, <laughs> a steel chair, a, a pool cue, a steel pipe, and you heard, yes, a, I can't believe I'm saying this, a big block of cheese, <laughs> and we'll get to more of that as I run down this rumble now I'm not going to run down every entry and every elimination I'm just going to kind of bounce around and uh, you know b- b- go through it and talk about some of them uh, the bigger entrances who kind of stood out um, so opening uh, two first two where Jason Reed who's a good young worker good looking athlete ha- great little heel uh, has that just that, that cocky arrogant you want to smack this kid um i i I like this kid and next was also uh, number two was theo doris he's also a heel which was interesting two heels starting off the the rumble match but i like that like that's cool like doesn't have to be babyface and heel like let's let's if it's gonna be random like it would be random if two heels started right so i like that i like that a lot um, and Theodorus, he's 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 good too. He's an, another guy, another great building block for ICW. Jason Reed, Theodorus, Des Black, Kez Evans. Um, you know, there's 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 more as I'll go through. Um, number six was I don't even remember seeing this guy, and by judging by his ring gear, his look, I probably skipped his matches because he just I don't know, just like, looks like a weekend warrior to me, so. I I'm, I'm more since the guy that's going to be the next generation, right? Who's going to be, who's going to be the next guy? Who's going to be in WWE? He's going to be in a, in a major promotion. Um, it was so Luke King share the first weapon, the candlestick, and he used it, got the advantage, and like all these except one <laughs> of the weapons, this candlestick kind of is used for a while and it's gone. It just disappears. No one else uses it. It just kind of just. Disappears. Number seven was Sheikh Al Sham. Tall, good-looking athlete. Great, like I guess a great freaking look. Look, you know, looked well. Did a good job in the ring. Like I, I was impressed. I want to see more of him. Why is this guy not signed to the WWE? They're looking for you know talent from the Middle East, and he should be there, right? Um, I thought he performed really well. Number 10 was Chris Bungard. He's the uh, MA fighter who had a really good match with uh, his debut wrestling match with Jason Reed at the Fear and Loathing event in November. Um, loved that match. Naturally, you know, he was a surprise here and he went right after Jason Reed and they had a great exchange with Jason Reed and his his uh, his coach. They, they went at it and uh, good stuff, man. And, and Bungard ended up eliminating Jason Reed. So I... You know, I assume they're going to be doing a singles match. They're doing a cage match in uh, in April. So, really looking forward to the match because I really liked, uh, like I said, their match in November. I thought it was really good and one of the highlights of the two night Fear and Loathing event. Um, huh. Here comes the block of cheese. Match, uh, entrant number 13 was Ravy Davy with his block of cheese. Man. Goofball, I guess a guy rap. I don't know. He's rapping. I don't know. He had a block of cheese. Came in, did some weak looking shots with that. Of course, like it's you know a block of cheese is pretty heavy. This is a big block of cheese. I'm not talking about a little, little blocky. You know, I'm talking about a big one that you can swing with two hands. And ridiculous. And it's he lasts forever. This guy with this damn block of cheese. And you know, if you really swung that thing. He could really hurt someone, right? So he's doing these really phony looking shots with it. So he, you know, so it's, it's a hard thing to work and it's just stupid, just dumb. It's a block of cheese, so it's a joke. And I hate stuff that just makes everything a joke because it just makes the whole match a joke, right? And I just really just didn't like this. But he's in it forever. So it's like, next up was, was Big Damo. Former Killian Dane in WWE, fucking hell of a worker. Love his work. Such a smart big man worker. He's a guy that should maybe Molly Smart doesn't need to go far. He could should train with Big Demo, and he could he could show her psychology for a, a larger wrestler. Um, but I would have flipped this, and this is what I would have done. Okay, Ravi Davey comes with me. if he came to me. First of all, I probably, probably would have said no. Actually, I know I would have said no. A block of cheese, right? But maybe he's pushing. Maybe I'm feeling giving. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. What we're gonna do is Big is gonna be the guy that comes out before you. He's gonna be number 13. He comes out, he starts, you know, comes in, just hitting everyone with something and just, just being a wrecking ball. Eliminate me eliminates one or two people, right? Then comes Ravy Davy with his damn block of cheese. He rolls in. He looks right. He just right stare. And Big Dan was there to meet him, right? And Ravy Davy looks. He's kind of like freaked out. Like, oh, cause he's a goof guy. He's a comedy guy. Gar- he's a comedy guy. Oh, oh no, I oh know the Big Dan was gonna destroy me. So he boots Damo in the gut. Damo registers and sells a little bit. And then Davey hits Damo on top of the head with a block of cheese. But Big Damo doesn't sell it. Looks at him, eyes wide, pissed off. Fucking clocks Wavy Davey, the big old clothesline. Picks him up and just shit cans him with a top rope. Picks up that block of cheese and just tosses it. Hits Wavy Davey. And Wavy Davey's gone. God, this match that's what i would have done but no this this dude ravy davy and this damn fucking block of cheese in this match danny or danny towards the end i thought man this guy gonna be a final four i'm gonna i'm gonna lose it he wasn't thank god matt uh match i keep wanting to say match entrant number 17 was leighton buzzard a, a guy i really enjoy his work uh when i watched fear and loathing i didn't watch the whole show i uh I went through and because they were showed like the card on the big entrance video, right, before the before the show. And this is like, I think, this, yeah, this was the first ICW show I watched. So I didn't know a lot of these guys and gals. I saw a lot of, from the graphics, just a lot of guys. I'm like, wow, man, these guys are on the Peacock Network. You know what I mean? So, and I unfortunately for, uh, for Leighton Buzzer at the time, like the picture he had was an old picture or something I don't know it, it was it, I just didn't watch this match but I after I watched fear and loathing there was wrestlers that I really liked so I kind of wanted to go and watch their fight club TV show and but only would watch the matches of the guys I was interested in the guys I saw would be future stars guys I saw I could see them on national television and so I would always kind of fast forward to matches I didn't want to see and, and watch the guys that I that I like. Um, luckily for Leighton Buzzard, I was really impressed with um, ICW's backstage interviewers. I forget the girl with the dark hair's name, but my favorite one is Jen Louise, who was not on this show. I don't know where she was. I mean, I couldn't believe it because she's so good at her job as a backstage interviewer. I just interviewer. I just talked about her in the recent episode as my one of my dream team, announce team uh, members. I would just love to have her for as a a, a backstage. Um, uh, interviewer, she's so good at job, and so you know, I always would just stop and watch the promos, especially from her doing the interviews because just, I just wa- like watching her work. She's just such a professional, and doesn't take. She's not. A, she doesn't stand out as a gimmick and doesn't take away from the wrestler. She 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 just really does her job really well, and she was interviewing Leighton Buzzard. And Layton Buzzard, so I'm now I'm, this is the first time I'm really watching Leighton Buzzard, and he's talking. And he cuts this fucking hell of a promo. A good promo, actually. And I'm like, wow. All right. And I think another show he comes out and he cuts a great in the ring and he cuts a great promo. And I'm like, holy shit, this kid could talk. Right? So I'm like, okay, Leighton Buzzard, you got my attention, and I'm gonna be watching your matches from now on to see if you're good as a ring as you good the mic. And he was he's a good worker and uh, uh another building block that this company has entry number 18 was caleb Valhalla. he's a green young muscle guy he looks you know looks like a viking he's jacked he gets in there and you know he starts going toe-to-toe with damo but it's just not not exciting you know not too exciting like it's going to feel like a big moment right um the match starts getting all, just a bunch of people in the ring there's too many people in the ring and and as it mentioned they kept they kept mentioned a few times that theodaro started number two still in there but he's just literally hanging on the rope hanging on the laying on the laying on the laying on the, laying on the, laying on the, on the apron you know he would feed for some stuff for people that came in but like he never did anything to stand out to call your attention that he's still in there right there's no focus other than being there for a very long time not to spoil anything like he just he just doesn't like he's not giving moments you gotta gotta give a you gotta show him still in there you gotta give him a, a a, a bigger moment to kind of call attention to him. So you're like, oh shit, he's still in there. I can't believe it. I can't believe, it. you know, as simple as hanging over the the the, the top rope and being nearly being eliminated. He's holding on for dear life. You know, just that shot, right, of him, and also let him eliminate a couple of people here and there. Just just gotta keep the people remembering, like, oh shit, he's still in there. Number 19 was Saqib Ali. And he comes out, I don't know, wearing pajamas? <laughs> I don't know if we, fucking, what else was his gear? And he comes out like Stone Cold Steve Austin. He starts freaking stunner, giving a stunner to everyone in the ring. Even Big Damo takes a bump. This guy's like, he's tall, but he's skinny. A skinny dude. Doesn't look like much. Like, he just, just looks like a, just like any guy you see on the street. And he's fucking stunnering Big Damo. And Damo's taking a bump. And I'm like, what the fuck? It was gonna stop this guy from stunning everyone. It would have been big demo, but you know who fucking stopped him? You want to know who it was? Ravy Davy and his block of cheese. I and it was looked like shit, and it I was just livid that this dude's still in there with this damn block of cheese. My goodness gracious. Out at number twenty one was BT Gunn. He's you know a long time veteran of this promotion. Uh, uh, he's a king of his. He's a king of insanity. I think he won the King of Insanity match of Fear and Loathing, right? I guess a big. I guess a, was there, is there a death match guy. I don't even know what the, hardcore guy. That's like the stamp of a hardcore guy title. I don't know if it's on a belt. I think it's just a, just a that's a just a title to have. And he doesn't come out with any weapons. the The guy that's the king of the sand, he has no weapons, right? That's that was weird. But he comes in there and you know starts clean house for a while. Doesn't eliminate. I don't think. He, I mean, eliminate a couple people. Doesn't really stand out too much. Next was Andy Wild, the guy I really like. I talked about him in the past. I really liked his. I like his work. I, lo, I I enjoy his matches in NXT UK when he goes up there and he and when he goes there and does stuff for NXT UK. He always puts on a really good quality match. Um. And before Andy Wilde got in the ring, because you know, he had a match with Damo at the uh, Fear and Loathing. So there's history there, and that history is still continuing. Damo, who's the heel, he steps out of the ring, right? Under the under the top rope. So he's not eliminated. He steps out, sneaks out in the back. Like so as Andy Wilde comes in, he starts suplexing everyone, right? And then as he suplexes his final guy, big demo comes from behind and clocks. What a what a what a good heel! That makes sense. That 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 works, right? They start trading for a few minutes. Not not a few minutes. Got a few seconds. There's a couple of trades, well, back and forth. And then who gets between them? Who stops these two big guys going at it? Who stops one of your big feature future matches? Or who stops? On your current programs, who stops a match with one of your biggest stars? The guy who was just on T- NXT and WWE, Ravy Davy. Didn't have his fucking block of cheese. I don't know where happened to it. I don't know who had it. He gets between them. And then they start double team Ravy Davy. I'm like, okay, let's get rid of this dude. Now this is the time. Get him out of there. They start, put him in like an almost like a a swing like you do with your kid. Like you, 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 your spouse would get one hand and one leg and you get the other hand and leg and you start swinging him, right? And Damo doesn't even have him by his ankle. He just has him by his pants. And he, Damo just drops him and starts swinging at Annie wow. So Maybe they just realize this is just a bunch of shit. <laughs> just, just go do it. What I would have done here for Andy Wilde and Damo, see, they're not winning it, right? This is their part to continue their story that's going to lead to a future match. I think they're going to be wrestling in a cage match as well coming up in uh, the in April. I think it's a whole show of cage matches, which uh, I don't understand because it's just one cage match. You have, two matches... It's too many. Two cage matches too many in one show. A whole show of cage matches. I know Impact Wrestling did that in the past. Lockdown, I think they called their show. But it doesn't mean anything, right? Like you see. So what? End what, up. So ultimately, in three hours, the full three. The cage match means nothing. But each cage match. Oh, but each one. One has weapons. One has this. No, it means nothing. It's stupid. I don't know why people think this is a thing. Like, don't do it. You put your big feud in a cage match, or a, a match that a cage match is needed, right? If it, it, it fits their story, just don't put people in the cage match. Put people in the cage match. Uh, Jason Reed versus uh, Chris Bungard makes perfect sense. Chris Chris Bungard, M.A. fighter, fights in cages for his career. And Jason Reed, who's been this, this this cocky-ass heel, now he has to go into Chris Bungard's environment, the cage, right? Like, that's great. That should be the main event of that show. Lights out. You can make a big old thing of it, right? Not a full show of cage matches. But anyways, so, again, this is just one moment of the, the, Rumble, of the Rumble match. You don't have to... They don't have to be in there. So, for... Big Andy Wild and Big Damo, all you need to do is when Andy Wild comes in, I like what they did. Big Damo sneaks out the back. They should have focused, they should have had a shot of that. Like, you got to go over everything with your production. Like, I would sit down with our book or our production guys, you know, pre booking meeting, I would would call it. I would just get with the production team and I'd kind of say, you know, try to get this shot or, you know, trying to give them all the big moments to so the director could catch everything right for the video so so they should have caught a shot a big demo getting out during any whiles entrance you see it in the background right and the in the, the thank goodness the play play guys did bring it up but like you see it like to the left if you're not if you're not looking you're not seeing it, right? Like you have to focus on it to to make it mean something. And focus that he's hiding out and waiting to waiting to take advantage of Andy Wild not looking. And I can Andy Wild have him come in, have him suplex a few people in the ring, have him eliminate at least one person um and then once he starts looking like he's going to suplex Maybe a heel, maybe Theodoros at this time, maybe he look like he's going to launch him. Um, that's when Big Demo strikes from behind, right? And then, let him start swinging, both men, boom, boom, right in the middle, boom, boom, give them space, boom, boom, focus is all on them, it's fast, it's bam, 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 bam. Then they start working their way towards the rope. Bam, bam. They both tumble over the rope. And they're both eliminated, right? And they start fighting to the back. Bam, bam, bam. Now you get referees just trying to get between them. Now you get officials trying to get between them. And that essentially happened. They both... Ended up fighting, getting close to ropes. Someone else eliminated them. They both tumbled out. They both fought off. But there's no... No one was really trying to stop them. They just fought off. Just fought off. And it it meant... It doesn't mean anything, right? (coughs) It needed to be chaotic. It it, it, it should have been the whole focus on this match. So that was that. And there could have been so much to this. It didn't have to be like... It's not about Andy Wild getting a lot of minutes in the Rumble, it's, you know. It's not about that. Like, it's about continuing their program, because, you, you, like I said, the Rumbles is a bunch of different little programs that are happening. But you have your winners, you know. You have and you you get focused and you're doing stuff to lead to future business. So this is what this is what would have been one of them for me. Like, okay, okay, we're building a rematch with Big Demo versus Andy Wild. And so this is what we're gonna do, and that, and I would lay out the scenario. I, I did, just said here, uh, a few seconds ago, and like I said, this just meant nothing. From, just end up meaning nothing, and I, I, it just, it's a bummer because those guys are really good, and that, and that should be a big match, it should, and it should deserves its attention. Uh, entrant number twenty three was my girl, Molly Spartan. She, I don't know. She has a... And she comes out with one of the weapons. A steel chair. Not worse, not sure why she was in this. Honestly, she didn't need to be at all. Made just the pop of a woman entering the, the rumble. But hey, I'm not going to knock it too much because you know why? Molly Spartan looks a lot tougher than a lot of these guys that I don't even mention their name because it's not worth mentioning in this recap of the Square Go match. Like She just... I mean, she's more badass than... A lot of these, you know, these dudes on this roster, right? So, I'm believing she's going in there and sticking around, and be able to fight with anyone. A couple of the guys and not, you know, a bunch of other guys. I just not. Oh man, those are the weekend warrior guys I'm talking about. Um, so she comes with a steel chair. Okay, she's, you know, I get it. I can see her bringing a weapon. Now, now, by the way, there's no rhyme for rhyme or reason why. Five wrestlers have have weapons. Like, why do they get to do it? Why can't someone else get it? Like, is there a lottery? Is there just whoever shows up first with the weapon? Like the first five people in the building that are going to be in this match? Like, oh hey, I'm going to bring a kendo stick. Oh, you brought a kendo stick. Okay, you can use that. You know, like, like what? There's no there's no reason why. That's why I think it's pointless. Like you should just drop this. Because, again, ultimately, didn't even play to the finish. And I'll, I'll talk, continue to talk about how stupid these weapons are. But Molly, you know, she brings up Charon. Which you would think, like, a weapon that you would bring to a ring. I'm not a fan of Keno Sticks. I hate that. And, it's just, and a block of cheese. My goodness. Out, uh, Entry number 24 was Aaron Echo. And he had a weapon as well. He had a, a pool cue. Now, the ring is really crowded. At this point, he's in there swinging this p- pool cube, and people are feeding him, and and it's really dangerous because like anyone else not looking or paying attention could just get that pool cube is just slap him in the back of the head or hit him in the eye. Or They're not looking, and it just it was very dangerous. Echo is like a tall guy, like wears street clothes. And he's presented as a badass in ICW, so it was a bit goofy that the. One of the biggest badasses in your company that you're promoting as a badass has to bring a weapon in the ring. So to me, that doesn't really show show him as a badass, right? I think the weapon should have been for the for even even Molly Spartan didn't need a new weapon, right? Like I said, she's tougher than a lot of these guys in this match. It, it should have been for the geeks, right? The the heelish geeks that the undercard heels that need a little something. Or maybe maybe a couple of undercard baby faces, smaller baby faces that could use it. Right, so that was weird. Uh, at this point, after this happens with Arnazko's entry entry in the ring with the Pook, Pook this is where uh, Big Damo continue to fight each other and they end up getting eliminated and they end up fighting off the back. So, number twenty six is Martin McAllister, who is, I guess he's a rookie or I don't, he is a little skinny guy. So I. Honestly, I don't think I've ever seen him wrestle a match by the bell because he's probably one, like a guy that I would skip, right, on the show. Like, And he comes out, and so I'm guessing he's, he's new. He's a r- new rookie, and he's he comes out, and he's all excited to be in this square-go match. But he's quickly jumped by uh, the manifesto members of Grant McIver and Eddie Castle. And then their leader, ADM, comes out. And all three men just enter the square go. Which is illegal, but it's a rumble. If you're bringing weapons, I guess extra people can show up. You know, the rumble, it's, it's a lot of no rules. So you just, other than, you know, if you go to the top rope, your feet at the floor, you're eliminated, right? So so they come in, they they triple-team people, you know, story there. Number 27 was Daz Black. Oh, good this kid could redeem himself after that goofy finish they gave this poor kid and took the belt off him uh he comes out but he does some choreographed spots with manifesto that kind of just didn't look that good just 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 look choreographed and fake honestly just didn't didn't like it at all um like he needs to come in like i said more just instead of like doing these spots set up like he's jumping over people's backs and then I don't know. It's just, it's just it's like Kory got stuff. So was wasn't the best. But I do like this kid Daz Black a lot. Entry um, number 28 was Jack Jester, who was a a baby face. I'm guessing he's a bay face. Yeah, he's a bay face. He's a bay face. Tall guy has one white eye. He's kind of a, supposed to be a kind of crazy man I guess. He comes out with the last weapon. A steel pipe. Which looked like an aluminum pipe. But it's a steel pipe, right? <laughs> steel pipe is what we're, we're selling here. And he comes in. He starts hitting a bunch of people with this pipe. Like all these weapons. Again, the, like why these weapons are stupid? Because ultimately, like, they don't do any, They don't really cause any damage. Like, if you hit someone with the fucking pipe, they're done. Right? Blood is coming out of their heads. So, as he's going through, he's just hitting people with this pipe. Molly Spartan goes after him. He looks at Molly Spartan. She's a heel. He clocks her with that pipe. Gets a big old pop. Of course it would, right? But you think that would eliminate? You think that would be, she would knock down, she'd be done. Like She can't even continue. And she's be stretched out. And she has not needs medical attention because she got hit with a pipe in the head. No, she's just down. She's down and she doesn't get eliminated later <laughs> it's so it meant nothing it was for the pop it's just a pop it got a pop but it meant nothing and it made a steel pipe mean nothing And know he did after after jack jester hit molly's part with the with the pipe you think he'd keep it and keep at it try to win this damn fucking match with it no, he just drops it, puts it on the ground for anyone else to grab and use. But guess what? Like all these other weapons, minus the block of cheese, I was in there forever. It just disappeared, just like the pool cue, just like the 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 steel chair, just like the kendo stick. Just disappeared. No one else used it for their advantage. It just, just, just gone. It meant nothing. <laughs> just. Just meant nothing. That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Jack Jester ends up eliminating the two manifesto members who are not legally in the match. So they're gone. Number 29 was Sweeney. Big guy. Jeans. Black black jeans, black tank top. Kind of looked like Ed O'Neill, Young Ed O'Neill. From married children, modern family. Al Bundy came out slowly, slouched to the ring. And there's just, all of a sudden there's technical difficulties with the entranceway. There's no music. And he swing turns around and just throws his arms up in frustration. Listen, dude. Don't fucking worry about your music. Get in the fucking ring. Right? Continue to work. Production. There's a production issue. It's no one's fault. It's fucking be a professional and get the ring. Man, I would, that would have pissed me off. You just... Just you look like an idiot doing that. If you came to me in the back, oh, man. It would have told me, like, oh, man, what my music? Like, well, fuck your music. You know, like, it doesn't matter. Get in the ring. Start doing your thing. Shit do be a mark, man. Like God, it's not, it's just, it just made me livid. It just made me livid seeing that. And then he gets in the ring and he starts. Yeah, people start feeding him for his clothesline that looked like crap. He's not, you know, doesn't gear back. Doesn't put no body language to him, Doesn't put no oomph to it. Just, 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 just throws arms out. Hits a guy. Molly Spartan comes up from behind him yeah she's okay i mean she's you know the, the like i said the pipe didn't do anything she's not bleeding she's not doesn't have fucking yeah you know, she's fine i'm glad <laughs> i'm glad she's fine because you know but like it's like i'm like saying like it meant like the steel pipe she got hit in the head and it meant nothing <sighs> so like i said swings back to molly spartan molly spartan grabs him by the shoulder like the left shoulder she's gonna spin him around right to probably give him a form or give him a punch or whatever she's about to do but he just kind of throws a back elbow because he feels someone touching boom back elbow boom gets no reaction in the crowd zero just happened why because every saw her got hit with the pipe and, and she's fine Right? Like, so what the fuck's a back elbow? Big, You know, big deal. He turns around and he feels bad about it. <laughs> whatever. He gets eliminated. Whatever. Match number... Uh, match number... God, I keep saying that. <laughs> trip number 30 was Levi. Wonderful. Like, like he just... Like this is going to look like a decent athlete, but... Just seemed like a like you know a wha for I like, got number thirty really you know and he didn't win It didn't it wasn't at the end or didn't feel like it didn't do wasn't a game changer just nothing did, you know didn't did come out and use it to his advantage being the last man in right you think so it, it, number thirty should be saved for someone of importance doesn't have to be a top top guy but someone that people actually kind of care about maybe, maybe this crowd does but. From the reaction, it didn't seem like they did. Like, it wasn't a bigger reaction. So, um, the final four were Leighton Buzzer, Theodoros, who, like I said, lasted for this whole time. Again, wasn't really featured. It was talked about and mentioned here and there for the commentary. Like, they are doing a great job. They were actually pretty entertaining in this match. I thought whoever said Jesus Christ was just popped me big time. <laughs> When the, the damn cheese was, was the the best part of the cheese was that that line. I just thought it was hilarious. Um Leighton Buzzer, like I said, Theodaros and BT Gunn and ADM. I don't know if ADM would be my final four of this. I would have picked someone else. ADM is like that uh Sakira guy, a tall lanky guy. You know, he's pale white, long hair, beard. He's like a tall, it does look like a tall Charles Manson, right? He's that kind of he's a cult leader, that's his gimmick. But he doesn't look intimidating at all. He's just tall. Like and skinny, like no no muscles. Just just wears a shirt, you know. And his and his work is just horrendous. Just his selling was just awkward and his his heat was like crap. I don't know why he's in this position. He is like I, maybe he's a manager, but not in the ring. Uh, so that was so I would have picked, picked someone else. You could like you could tell the manifesto story their story within the match, and you wouldn't have to use it. For, you wouldn't have to, I wouldn't have it for the final four, but I mean, if I watch ICW Fight Club, and we'll see how it works going forward with that with the manifesto, but. Unless they're working with someone I like, I'm not gonna watch a match of this. Just just I'm just not. I'm sorry. Um, Kez Evans, the ICW champion, comes out and he grabs BT Gunn's wrist. He starts trying to pull him out. So think 1992 Hulk Hogan, and trying to pull out Sid Justice, right? And this is basically essentially what they did, the same kind of thing. Like, so he's trying to Kez Evans is trying to pull out BT Gunn. The referee's trying to stop Kez Evans. Finally, uh uh theodaros comes up from behind and uh, oh no sorry excuse me sorry adm comes up from behind and eliminates uh bt gun yeah and then leighton buzzer and theodaros they end up double teaming and clotheslining adm over the top rope who lands on his feet like the undertaker there's a doubt is angry and and just like, you know, I not believe this guy at all. He's just not, you just believe The Undertaker could do that and look badass doing it. But so it comes down to Leighton Buzzard and Theodoros. And they have a good little match to kind of finish it off. Good little finale here. Both really good young workers, good athletes. They kicked up the tempo. Uh, Buzzard hit his 450. Uh, Daros hit his flying elbow drop. Um, this was good stuff. And. Buzzard hit a Yuranagi and then popped up and like did the stare, his arms out at him, like "Come on, get up!" and and, and then end up tossing out, just throwing out theodaros. I think this is a little critique here. Leighton Buzzard should hit the Urinagi, grabbed him. Get a big rebel yell! Ah, just toss him out! Like it had to be all one. Like it just looked awkward. Like you just, yeah, you know, like, 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 it should have been all quick, bam, and then elimination, and then you soak in the tears. Then you, you know, like he fell his knees and arms out, and just, you know, that's what. It's just kind of like kind of the momentum, just kind of dropped for just a tad it was a tad but it felt like a big big time a big drop and so that's just my critique but i'm glad layton buzzer wouldn't he's a, he's a good good talent and um him versus kaz evans you know as a future title match it's, it's just it's a good match it really is i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to that so uh, so that's that was icw square go so thanks very much for uh uh Listening, it was, a, it was a, a lot longer show than I expected. But you know, it's a rumble, it's an hour long rumble. So I had to go a little extra. I had to go, I had to go a little longer here, to talk about everything, and I kind of broke into some stories and I had to really dive deep because I, there's a lot of issues with this, the matches and some of the psychology just was just way off the page, man. And and so I wanted to point out those and talk about those and give what I would do. I hate when there's people that I go, you know, I was stupid. Well, what would you do? Well. I don't know. Well, that's why you think it's stupid, right? So, I had the experience of a booker for you know, started booking in 2008 and stopped in 2019, you know. So, I am many years of booking, and and uh, and so you know, my opinion is valid here, and so I wanted to point out the booking mistakes and not because I love booking, I love laying out a show, I love all that, that's my favorite, that's my passion, and and so. There's a lot of a lot of a lot of issues here with a lot of stuff, but the guys I really like all stood out and they all look good. I wish some of them got a little better moments, but you know, it's just it is what it is. But I look forward to continuing watching ICW and watching my favorites and watching them grow as workers and hopefully see them on the, you know a bigger stage than ICW. I say was a good stage, but I mean you know I mean want to go make that big big money and I, I hope they do because they're talented. And so, so yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I hope you guys enjoyed this. Again, I hope, I'm sorry again for a longer show, but I hope you stuck around and did, <laughs> did listened to it. Please give me a follow on Twitter, Larocka J L. That's L A R O C C A J L. Give me a follow, um, and uh, let me know what you think I thought of the show. Did, it, did this pique your interest to checking out Square Go? Did you, did you agree with my critiques? Did you, Or was I off? What, what, Do you think they're a little wrong? You want to talk to me about it? i left. definitely love to talk to you about anything about the show and other shows I covered. So everyone, man, be safe out there. The pandemic is not gone yet. So be safe. And I'll see you next week with another show, another great Take It Home podcast. Have a good night.